Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Victoria. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to announce something extremely special. Today, my hashtag real post hoodies are live and available on my website, victoriagarrick.com slash merch. I released two hoodies, black and white, that really embody and represent everything I stand for. And the hashtag real post authenticity movement I started three years ago online, which led me to where I am today and even inspired me to start this podcast, Real Pod. So if you are interested in learning more about the hoodies I released today and possibly purchasing your own, which you would look so cute in if you ask me, head over to victoriagarrick.com slash merch. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to RealPod, everybody. You are in for... A special treat today. I mean, who knows what this episode is going to contain because it is themed about mental health. The podcast is obviously called Real Pod, and I obviously hold absolutely nothing back. So, in a solo episode detailing the mental health struggles I've been having over the past months, honestly, I'm even excited to see what stories come out of my brain as I sit here today. I'm going to share with you three things that I've been struggling with. Not to say that I haven't been struggling with a lot more than three things, because I have. So honestly, if this episode goes well and you guys enjoy it, I can come back here and share my next three. I feel like this episode is going to be like me leaving a long voicemail into your phone is hopefully going to be the vibe and we're going to be best friends. So I'm excited about it. And also I'm going to leave you with three pieces of advice, three takeaways, three things that help me with my mental health struggles, because I definitely didn't want to just, you know, bombard you guys with my struggles and not offer anything that you could apply to your life or that could help you in some way. But along with that, I do want to quickly say, as a reminder, I'm obviously not a mental health professional. So if you are really struggling with something, please seek the help of a professional and please ask for help. Asking for help is an amazing thing. And I ask for help all the time. So just keep that in mind as you continue listening to this is that I am just a girl venting about my mental health issues and then sharing with you three things that help me kind of rationalize it all. Something I wanted to open this podcast by saying was that I wouldn't say I'm well, but I wouldn't say I'm unwell. And I think that is the epitome of just me at this moment and how I would describe my mental health. 
I'm going to dive into three things that I've been struggling with the most and just kind of, yeah, I mean, we're going to go on an adventure. I might as well just dive in. The first thing I wanted to talk about is my mood and however changing it is and unpredictable it is. For example, on Saturday night, I just like was crying super hard in my bed late at night. Actually, what sparked it was, well, here's the thing. I was feeling weird all day long and all week long. Like obviously with the hoodies coming out, I was super stressed. And also when you care about a project so much, you just want it to go perfectly. And the anxiety in me started to think about all the ways things could go wrong or people couldn't like it. Or if I was doing everything correctly because I have no one to tell me what's good and what's not good. It had just been building up and building up. That on top of obviously everything else going on, I've been kind of feeling lonely recently, not super lonely, but definitely, you know, on the more secluded side of things as a person. And so I'm laying in bed and I had kind of teetered on the verge of tears on Saturday, like one or two times just from different things that had stressed me out. You know, those days where literally if you can't figure out how to charge your computer or you can't figure out how to tie your shoe, you'll just cry. Like that was kind of where I was, was literally the stupidest little thing that would frustrate me could possibly be the thing that sends me into my cry fest. And I'm laying in bed. It's like 11 and I'm feeling like, wow, I made it through the day. Tomorrow I'm announcing the hoodies like we're here. And I go to actually find the first time I ever posted a hashtag real post because I wanted to get the date for the caption and and know if it was like three years or four years or how long it had been. And as I'm scrolling back on the hashtag real posts, I see a hashtag real post of my childhood dog, Zoe, who passed away just a couple years ago. And I see this picture instantaneous waterfall out of my eye sockets. And like I said, I mean, my dog, I love her. She's the best dog ever, but this was years ago, but now I'm seeing this picture and I'm, I just, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. So now I'm crying in my bed, just really hard. Like I haven't had a cry like this in my bed in a really long time. And I think it kind of was built up everything I've been feeling over the past few months and also just sadness for the world. I've had times where I literally just cry thinking of someone else's life, someone else's life that's been taken from them, the pain that so many are feeling. I just, I cry for the pain in the world. And this was a moment that I just, in my bed, saw this picture of my dog Zoe and everything came out. And then another weird thing I do as well when I'm sad and Max hates that I do this. He thinks it just, you know, causes more problems, but I honestly love it. I think it's therapeutic. Does anyone else play really sad music when you are crying to just, you know, set the tone, you know, allow you the best cry environment? I was just playing like sad acoustic songs to be the perfect background music to my cry. And then there's nothing better than when an amazing chorus comes that's super painful and powerful. And then you cry even harder. There's a song recently that's been perfect for my cries. What is the song I'm thinking of? Oh, Power Over Me by Dermot Kennedy. It's that song that's like, you got that power over me. I'm not going to keep singing, but that's the song. And when it hits, I mean, it hits, baby. That and Trouble by Halsey, the stripped virgin. Okay, I will move on now. But anyways, so I'm playing the sad music and I'm just crying really hard. And 
then the funny thing about this is, do you ever cry in your bed and you're kind of like, I want to talk to someone right now about this. I don't want to have to be here alone dealing with this by myself. So I wanted to text like my day ones, like the ride or die people I know I could call when I'm like hysterically crying. But the thing is, you never want, well, I guess I'm saying you, but I'm talking about myself. I never want to feel like a burden in the sense that I text someone and say, like, I'm, can you call me right now? I'm crying. Because once you tell them like you're crying, they kind of are going to be, you know, lame if they don't drop whatever they're doing to support you. And I don't love putting that pressure on people, especially when I don't necessarily need it. There definitely are times where I'll text my best friends and be like, hi, I'm like really not doing well. Can you please call me right now? So I have no problem doing that when I need it. But in this moment, I was kind of enjoying the cry by myself in my room, the loneliness, the darkness. And so I was just letting this play out. But I was kind of like, I would like to talk to someone because I kind of want this to end. And I don't see this ending in the near future if I'm just letting myself continue to cry and listen to these songs. So I texted um, the three people where that kind of my go-to are Aubrey, Natalie, and Max. So I text each of them. I text each of them something that's like a layup to them letting me know what they're up to. So I text, I don't even know what order I did. I text Max because he's at his apartment with his buddies. And I'm like, hey, you guys watching a movie? Like, how is it? Like just seeing if he says, oh no, I'm just in my room or, uh, yep, we're watching a movie because the last thing I want to do is say like, babe, I'm crying. Can you call me? And then he has to leave his friends on the guy's night, whatever. And then I text Aubrey and I'm like, hey, how is the hangout going? Because I knew she was with some friends. And I text Natalie and I'm like, I'm like, how was family dinner? Like just trying to, to see if any of these responses from my friends were things insinuating they had nothing to do right now so that I could, you know, call them about my crying. Long story short, Natalie and Aubrey actually were asleep, so they didn't respond. And then Max was watching a movie, but he said, how are you? And I just couldn't lie. I never lie about how I'm feeling. And so I just said, I'm okay. Then he said, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know. And then he FaceTimed me. And so, you know, the boyfriend's spidey senses were tingling. Max called me and it was good to talk to him for a sec. And then I was like, I'm really okay. Like, I'll text you in a little bit. And so, you know, he went back to the movie and I went back to, you know, some slower songs um, (laughs) for the cry. I feel like I've been talking about this cry for a long time. I got to move on. So that was happening on me on Saturday night. And then Sunday I woke up and I was so tired. Along with this like breakdown I had in my room, I had the worst nightmare in the morning. I had a nightmare that this girl I haven't talked to in years from high school said these lies about me in front of a banquet. It was just like a nightmare. It was basically like all of my anxieties just, you know, scripted this terrible dream for me to have. And I woke up at seven. So I go to bed at like one, I wake up at seven, I have no sleep. And then that's the day I'm launching the hoodies. So I'm also just feeling like, why am I struggling so hard right now? And this is supposed to be such a happy day. This has all been under the umbrella of my first struggle of quarantine, which has just been my mood. It's all over the place. And look, it's been 48 hours and now I am talkative and I'm feeling so much better and I'm happier. So my mood's been all over the place. And That has been something that I've really been struggling with, just knowing how I really feel versus how maybe I am doing in a certain moment based on certain things in my life. So I've certainly struggled with my mood and, you know, the cry sash comes out of nowhere. And then 48 hours later, I'm feeling great. So that's just a long explanation, probably TMI of my mood lately. The second thing I've been struggling with are just fears. 
there's so much uncertainty right now and we have no idea what's going to happen and we have no idea what's going to happen every single day. And so I've been just afraid of the unknown. I'm someone that loves a plan. I love to coordinate things, know what time people are going to show up, know what we're wearing, what we're doing. So to not have a plan is difficult for me. And especially with so many things that have affected the way our world runs, like obviously social distancing and sports and large gatherings, like just not knowing when those things will resume when it's okay and it's healthy again. And so there's just so much uncertainty. And, you know, I also wonder like, because we don't know what's coming, like, well, what am I supposed to be working on now? I'm sure a lot of people listening to this who are athletes or who have had their careers or sports or their journeys interrupted in some way might be sitting there thinking, well, am I supposed to continue practicing? Am I supposed to continue this? Because I have literally no idea when I'm going to need to utilize these skills. And in a different way with just kind of my career, I have no idea when certain things will resume for me, like public speaking. I was on a public speaking tour, flying to different schools every week. And obviously that is canceled now and postponed. And I have no idea when that's going to resume. I have no idea where I'm going to, what kind of place I'm going to be at in my life to do talks because obviously those, you know, take a lot of energy and they're emotional for me to, to detail my story. So I resonate with the uncertainty and the fears. And one of the bigger things that I fear is the social aspect, like the social repercussions of this quarantine. For example, I am a homebody. I am Netflix and chill over, you know, party night any day of the week. So like, to be honest, when they released the different rules and laws about social distancing and keeping us all at home, like the bars closing was a non-factor for me. Like that is not affecting my life whatsoever. Whereas like my best friends, Aubrey, like shout out, like she's a social butterfly. And so that to her is like, what am I supposed to do? I'm in my young twenties. That's what I do every weekend. So I like, to me, I was like, okay, like that's not a big deal. And honestly, one of the benefits of that part of life being kind of put on pause, at least for me, is I don't have FOMO. I wonder if you guys feel the same way as me in this is that there's no missing out. I'm not seeing pictures of people at parties and doing things and getting together. And I'm not feeling pressure to do those things or have those pictures. So not having the fear of missing out has been incredible. And I think it's really decreased the anxiety I feel and insecurities is a better word. I feel around my social life, which you guys know, I always talk about kind of, well, not always. This has been a new thing I've kind of opened up about because I was previously not comfortable sharing this yet. And I am always real with you guys. And I always will tell you the truth. And that means I'll say, you know what? I don't feel comfortable talking about this yet. I'll never lie and say that part of my life is fine. But I certainly struggled with admitting I felt insecure about not having a ton, ton, ton of friends and not having a very active social life. So that has been nice, not having the FOMO. However, getting to the fear part of this, I have now gotten so used to this, right? Like this is my element, like being at home every day, not going out, watching things on the couch with Max, having my friends come over for two days and like just chill in the backyard. So when things go back to normal, I'm concerned that I'm not going to be able to adjust. 
I already was someone that could not do like a three-day music festival. Like a day is a lot for me. Two days is a lot. Three days, I don't know how people do that. So I think just going from this to a social life, I don't know, something about it makes me antsy. And I'm sure it will be fine, but it definitely makes me scared to think about how used to this situation I've gotten and that changing. And then now having to go to social events, meet lots of people, have lots of surface level conversations, be social to a level that we haven't been for months. And also a little side note, I won't dwell on this too long, but I feel like I've become a little bit more codependent like on Max. Not really. Like I can be alone, but the minute I'm alone, I just kind of get to a a sadder place. I either get to a place where I'm super hardworking and I just do a ton of stuff to occupy my time and I get a lot of shit done or I don't. And then I allow the sad feelings to surface because I'm not distracting myself with, with tasks. So that's something I worry about too, is like, have I gotten too comfortable with being with Max and my family every single day? Because that's the only option we have. So that's another thing I've been struggling with are these fears about the social aspect, the uncertainty and not knowing, you know, what the future holds. And also I'm going to get to some advice about that. I didn't want to leave you guys kind of similar to me feeling like, yeah, I'm worried about the fears too. And then like just feeling helpless because we're worried. So at the end of this episode, when I detail, you know, three little pieces of advice, words of wisdom, I'm going to be addressing my advice for the fears. So make sure you keep listening for that. But on to my third and final struggle I want to share with you guys today. This is by far the biggest thing I've struggled with. And it's been hard for me to even put into words how to say this. What I've struggled with is feeling guilty about the way I feel. Thinking things like, I have no right to be sad right now. I have no right to be anxious, to cry in my bed at night about being stressed about something with work and seeing a picture of my dog. Like I have convinced myself, my feelings don't matter. Other people's feelings matter. And there is some truth to that, okay? It is important to recognize that there is a population of people in this world who are struggling. And there are a lot of people in pain and who've lost loved ones to COVID and who have lost their jobs and their houses. Like rightfully so, it's important to have perspective. It's important for me to say, you know, and realize other people have things they're suffering with that are maybe more severe, are more severe. And we need to help with that, right? We need to champion. We need to use our voices and help make a positive change in this world. That's very important. But at the same time, what I was doing that was not okay was telling myself that as a result, my feelings don't matter and that my mental health doesn't matter. And what really hit me in kind of evaluating all of these things is I did this once before. I minimized my own mental health feelings once before. The time I did this, it got dark for me. It was sophomore year of college and this had been building and I minimized my anxiety and my depression and convinced myself I had no right to feel this way. I was playing college volleyball. I was getting a college education. I was blessed. I was privileged and I do not have any right to be sad. But depression is an invisible injury. It's not something I can think myself out of or shame myself out of feeling. I literally had an imbalance in my brain and I had to start antidepressants and meet with a psychiatrist. Like it was an invisible injury. But when you cannot see it, 
you convince yourself that you're just weak and you're not allowed to have those feelings. And because I allowed myself to minimize my feelings in the past and let them get to such a dark place, this time around, when I realized I was minimizing my feelings, I put my foot down and said, Victoria, you have the right to feel what you feel. And it's important to allow yourself to understand that your feelings are valid. Once again, I'm acknowledging the perspective, right? Is that yes, other people have things happening right now that I need to help with and that are extremely important. But that doesn't mean that I can't feel sad and I can't feel anxious and that I don't have mental health issues. So, I mean, that's the third thing I've been struggling with is the guilt of feeling like your feelings don't matter right now because everyone else's do. And I posted about this on my Instagram. I was actually really nervous about posting this because I didn't know how it was going to be received. But you know, what made me feel inclined to post about this, and I even talk about it now, is specifically thinking about the student athletes. I was obviously a student athlete for four years. The student athlete lifestyle and experience is what I have talked about for years and years and what I've kind of built what I have built off of and and everything I've been through had to do with being a student athlete and my passion and love for that, that game and, and everything that came along with the student athlete life. So to think about the student athletes, the day that the PAC 12 conference, which is a conference I played in postponed all fall sports. I just thought about what that would feel like if I had my senior season canceled or postponed. And I didn't know if I would ever get it. And I was thinking those athletes have to be crying, heartbroken, like their whole lives they worked for this. And then I thought to myself, Victoria, like Pac-12 sports, like that's not the most important thing right now. Like we have so many more social justice issues to prioritize and to champion. And so I heard that voice go in my head and I thought, I can't imagine what these student athletes are saying to themselves or how they're feeling because they don't think they have the right to be sad about their sport being canceled. And so that's why I posted about it. And so I guess just to sum up this third struggle is just this sense of guilt that I should not care about what I'm going through. And just as a reminder, that is not true. That's not the case. Your feelings are valid. My feelings are valid. No matter how small they are, no matter how big someone else's are, your feelings are valid. And it's okay to not be okay right now, regardless of what is happening in the world. As long as we are acknowledging that there are very important things happening in the world that need our attention and that are significant, that's great. Like we cannot ignore those things and we cannot act like they don't matter. But along with that, don't let yourself minimize what you're going through. Because when we minimize what we're going through, it's just going to fester and it's just going to build. I hope that that hit home with you guys. I hope that it made sense. I'm really just speaking from the heart here. So I guess the last thing I'll say to sum up this this third struggle is please do not minimize whatever you're going through. You have every right to validate your own emotions. Lastly, I'm going to wrap up this podcast by sharing three things to think about, these words of wisdom, things that have helped me deal with all of these (laughs) mental health struggles and things I've mentioned during this podcast that I want to share to maybe give you guys some hope if you're struggling as well. Getting right into these, the first thing I want you to remember is the situation we are in and having compassion for yourself. We are in a global pandemic. So if you are not absolutely killing it right now and you're so successful, if you are not the happiest you've ever been, if you don't have the most amazing situation or you're not the most in shape you've ever been in your life, that's okay. Congratulations. You're a human being. And the majority 
of humans in this world right now are right there with you. What we are all going through is global trauma. It is affecting everyone. Please remember that. So when you're comparing yourself to what you think you should be doing in your life or where you should be or how you should be handling things, remember the situation and have compassion for yourself. This is uncharted territory. No one knows how to handle this. No one has the answers and all of us are going through it. That brings me to my second piece of advice is remembering you are definitely not alone right now. Obviously, I always remind you guys, you are not alone. I'm always with you. And there are many people who struggle with mental health and body image and disordered eating and all of those things that society convinces us that we should keep to ourselves. So you always know you're not alone, but right now you are definitely not alone because everyone, like I said, is going through this trauma. And it might be big trauma for people and it might be little trauma. I love my last guest, Dr. Mike Gervais talked about little T and big T. And because we are all living in this tragic, difficult, painful situation, just remember you're not alone. Whether you're feeling like, oh, I didn't practice enough of my sport over quarantine. I bet a majority of people didn't because they also, guess what? Don't have access to a gym, can't be with their team, can't see their coach. Or as mentioned earlier, whether you think you're the only one feeling guilty about your feelings or your insecurities at this moment, you're not. There's so many people who probably also feel like they don't have a right to be struggling or they feel guilty about their emotions. So you're just not alone. So that second thing I want you to remember is everyone is going through this who is on this planet Earth. There's no escaping what's happening right now in our world. So just know that. And maybe that's comforting in some way because you realize that it's okay to struggle during this time. So many of us are struggling. And the third thing that I wanted to remind you all of, and I don't want to lose you here when I mention this title because I don't want it to sound like toxic positivity where I'm trying to act like we should pretend everything's okay because everything's not okay and we don't have to act like things are. But this third point is consider the opportunity. There is opportunity right now to learn about ourselves, become better in certain ways, have a chance to work on things in our life in a challenging environment. If things have happened in your life that are sad and that you need to accept and that are difficult, definitely mourn those things. Cry if you need to cry. Allow yourself to feel. I'm not saying don't do that, but then once we come to and we realize we're on the plane, right? We're on the plane. This this is this is life right now. We can't come up with a cure for COVID. We can't do anything to settle ourselves right now. Because we're on this plane, there's no going back. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do on the plane, right? I thought a plane was a good example because you can't tell the pilot you want to get off. You're on it. So you're in it for the journey. I guess when I think about that, I think this is a really good test for me to focus on what is in my control. There is no better time to exercise that skill than right now, focusing on what is in our control. And that honestly helps me with the uncertainty I was talking about earlier and the fears. I have no idea when I'm going to be able to speak publicly again. I have no idea when the USC volleyball team is going to play and I can go watch them and support them. We don't know when these things are going to happen. Instead of thinking the what if, like what if this, what if it lasts, what if this, 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 if you're going to play the what if game, let's play it right. 
If you're even going to play that game, then what about what if something amazing happens? What if everything does go right? What if everything does turn out the way I want it to? That's how you should play the what if game if you're going to play it. But I'm not even trying to play the what if game. I'm just trying to wake up and be right here. Cater my attention to the present moment. I have no idea when I will take the stage and speak again. But right now, I can continue advocating and sharing my story through my YouTube videos. I can continue connecting with student athletes through the hidden opponent. I can continue doing things right now to the best of my ability. And I have no control over when this will end in the future. But when it does, I will have done everything I can do right now to be prepared and be ready for that moment. You know, that this third thing is just consider the opportunity. And if it's not being ambitious and determined and that seems overwhelming to you, that's fine. You don't need to achieve right now. So think about what you can learn about yourself, what you can learn about your family how you can appreciate little things like the time you get to spend with the person you're quarantined with or the pause of society, how things aren't happening and going and going and going like they usually do and that things are slow. How can you appreciate the slowness of life? Because this might end. So consider the opportunity as that third point, whatever that means to you. And it is something that has been really helping me is shifting my focus to that thought. So just summing these up, the first one was remember the situation and have compassion for yourself. The second one was knowing you are definitely not alone right now. And the third thing is considering the opportunity. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Real Pod. It really means the world to me if you listened all the way through just because this was you know, a very personal conversation about my mental health and things I've been struggling with. So I I hope you enjoyed it. And if anything hit home for you or you had some takeaways or if you have a point you want to talk more about, head over to the RealPod Instagram account. The username is at RealPod. I will be on the account the day this comes out responding to any messages that you guys send in. I just want to hear from you. Thank you guys so much. And if you enjoyed this podcast and the episode, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast that will really help the show and I would greatly appreciate it. You can also follow me at Victoria Garrick on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you next week. You are not alone and always, as always, please remember to keep it real.